Okay, that was the official guest intro music. Welcome to Rip Thrill Podcast. We have Lockie Neal, 25 years of age, 145 games, I think. Three-time best and fairest of the Fremantle Football Club. Two times Jeff, Christian medalist. And if you don't know what that is, it is the best on ground in the clashes in the nah, you've got it all wrong i've mate. got it wrong oh, what, yeah. is it? what is it jeff christian i think is the abc player of the year for like a wa player two-time <laughs> jeff christian <laughs> medalist abc player of the year medalist 63 brownlow votes and we'll talk about that later Absolutely. welcome the man the myth the legend lucky news you are on the people's show the people's, people's show? podcast the people's podcast do you actually have a nickname just lucky uh the boys or the boys of Come up with a few. There's Chalky. Oh, Chalky Milk. Because I think Chalky Neil. Alex Witherden was um, pretty tired one day in, in the club and he was trying to say Lockie and he said Chalky. <laughs> and then it just kind of Who's stuck. Lurch? Are you Lurch? Oh, I brought Lurch. So there was a player who plays in the NBL now, Craig Moller. Oh, yeah. How's he going? Who was it? Freo? Yeah. Um, don't know who that don't is. Don't know who no. that is. Yeah. Shout, shout, out to, shout out to shout Craig out to Moller. Craig. He doesn't miss a show. He doesn't miss a show. <laughs> doesn't miss a show. <laughs> <laughs> Plays for he's played for the Boomers. Oh shit! Okay, Damn. Uh, my bad, Craig. Right. Plays for Melbourne United. Yeah. Um, oh, Chris Goulding. Craig Moller. Yeah. Oh, Craig Moller. Yeah, Craig yeah. Moller. yeah. He yeah. was his nickname was Lurch, and I sort of brought it here and said to Tommy Cutler, he, he's a bit of a Lurch. Yeah. You know, Lurch like Adams. I lurking around. Yeah. Or no? yeah. Oh, Lurch yeah. Adams from the Adams family. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where it sort of comes from. And then so now, so you stolen an NBL Lurch. player's nickname and put it for yourself. Well, I don't want it. It's not a great nickname. No, nah, that's the type of person I want on the show, though. That that says a lot. Who just takes shit, <laughs> by, like, takes it by the throat and is like, "This is mine." That's it. That's, what, I want that's what I we like. Do. Chalky milk. Chalky milk. Chalky. Okay, we've got chalky on here. Jules have been, we might Jules throw have been it. Calling me chalky as really? well. Really? Yeah. If Emma calls me Robbo, I reckon we're breaking up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've called you Robbo on the show. No, you call me Mitchell, and that's yeah. like what Mum calls me when I'm in trouble. Anyway, that's okay. I'll keep doing that. Currently standing at one seventy six centimeters tall, and I was going to talk to you about this because it's a lie. It's not a lie. It's it's uh, what's it called? Wikipedia. That doesn't lie. Fact. Fact. It's fact. <laughs> but I was going to say when I played on you a couple of years ago, I did my research when I was going to tag you. Obviously, um, breakout season records for the year galore. When I when I stood against you, I'm like, damn, this guy's actually like not that small, and you're thick as. Yeah. First thing I noticed was his calves. Have you seen his calves? Well, he's got jeans uh, on. But. I was told. Yeah. I was told to keep an Thick. eye on it on Saturday. Yeah, Thick calves. You told me that. Yeah. No, I didn't. You definitely did. I think I've You're inherited them from my dad. Has he got big calves? Yeah. If you meet my dad, just have a look at his calves, and you'll be like, "Has he been down That's recently?" It. That's Lockie's dad. <laughs> so you just first thing you're like, "Bang! Yeah. Oh, what are those? What are those?" Um, but yeah, I'm 178. Okay, I've been so 178 for like five years. You didn't say that. You did, literally off air, you just said you're 178 a couple of days ago. You just yeah. So we did. We a, got measured. We got like measured. Up yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like a few months ago, but but you've yeah, had different hairstyles since you got measured on Wikipedia. Yeah, if I've got the like Harry Styles buffy hair. Yeah. I'm like 185. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, you it are. Yeah, yeah, it just sticks up. I don't mind it. That's. <laughs> I was going to talk about that because obviously on the on the club barber and. You know, people know me. People come through a lot. You're filthy about this. Well, yeah, yes and no. Because he's got a good reason because Jules, his uh, wonderful wife, um, is a hairdresser. I've been so, yeah. it kind of makes sense that he goes somewhere else and it's free. Like, the boys come here because they get a free haircut. So, he kind of gets a free home job, uh, haircut job. Yeah. <laughs> but 
you haven't let this go. I mean, we, we, we were talking about no, this. No, no, I haven't. But I, I almost didn't think you were going to ask Lockie to come on because well, yeah, well, that I was going to, you know how I did the, the Instagram story or the Instagram thing was like, who do you want, Charlie or Neil? Yeah. Charlie, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Charlie actually won that poll, but well, Lockie oh. actually won the poll and I wanted Charlie to come on. So I, was, I kind oh. of had to rig a little bit, make fake accounts. And, uh, and started like, Charlie, 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 Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That's why we got that spike. That that's why I had, yeah, that's, that's why our numbers are going through the roof. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, so obviously, okay, let's not dance around the fact you're in Brisbane now. If, yeah. you, if people didn't realize, um, all the way from that's yeah, not a life crisis. It's not, not a life crisis. No. It's God's of, country. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. You're not even a Brisbane boy, so well, I'm a Gold Coast. <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's that still counts, man. Yeah, okay. I still drive up here okay, once a week. You're Queenslander. Yeah. So how, how's the transition been? Obviously, you moved over from um, Fremantle after being there for numerous amount of years. Um, you had a beautiful house up there. You still got it. I know for a fact. Um, you moved here and you moved in with Link McCarthy. Yeah, can you run us run us through that transition and how that how that was early days? Yeah, it was obviously a pretty big move and um, something that Jules and I thought about for a long time. So, mm. um, yeah, big move, basically the opposite side of the country. So it's um, it's the biggest. I think flight. it's the biggest. You move couldn't you couldn't, you couldn't find further. a further home. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't actually find a further place from Perth. But as you would know as well, the club makes it like. So that easy transition. as well, yeah. So we didn't have to do too much at all. They pack up your house and get everything over here and whatnot. Um, but Jules had a salon, as we just spoke about. She was yep. a hairdresser. She she's actually still got it in Perth. Um, so she stayed there for a few months, and I lived with Lincoln Taylor in an apartment. So I was sort of cramping their style for a while, but uh, that was good. I hadn't like spent heaps of time with Link since we were younger. So yeah, because um, in the media, like they were pumping that up as like best mates for life. Yeah, like blood brothers. Was, yeah, was that actually the case? Like, obviously, you guys know each other, but you grew up not too far from each other in country yeah, SA. Yeah, our towns are so it's four hours there. from Geelong, really, isn't it? From Adelaide. Well, it's similar. Four hours from Geelong too, I'd say. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I think it is. I've never driven to Geelong from home, so <laughs> I would not so have a clue. Six hours. So six long, hours yeah. yeah. So, so you, you kind of know each other, and you play. I guess you can play juniors in um, Vic, not Vic country um, SA as well together. So. Was it like actually best friends or you just actually knew each other? Uh, we'd both probably say we weren't like best mates. Yeah, I, see, I, th- I thought I saw that friends. was a... Like, yeah. He came to our wedding and like... Really oh, how was it? Because I kind of knew you for like through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> know was it. And I didn't get an invite. I was a little bit flat, but that's all right. Because yeah, you got you married sick. while you were at the like, club. You were like... We had free hour Brisbane when the wedding was on. Off I'd season. Like just been traded. Or maybe just about to... Uh, when was so I was married on November three. Oh, so I would have. So you would have been, been here. Traded, been yeah. So yeah, I was a bit. I, flat I didn't have any teammates there. Well, you it was did. All ex teammates. Yeah. Well, but no, I, I, I kind of knew day. you beforehand. So yeah, whatever. But we'll move on from that. So yeah, so you obviously knew Link, and I think the club and the AFL just kind of pumped that up as a fairy tale story, and he got three years out of it. So good on him. <laughs> he probably he got done before me, so he was getting three yeah, years anyway. It was the the domino effect. But um, yeah, so he moved in with Link, and now. You bought a beautiful house. Is it Cooperu? Yeah, Cooperu. Cooperu Heights? Cooperu Heights. Is That's what Blanche uh, says. Peter Blanche, our physio, he looks Cooper down Heights. upon Cooperu. Yeah, yeah. Cooperu Heights. So um, <laughs> run us through that. Were you, were you in the market for a while or you just kind of just saw that and went, oh, that's it? Oh, well, when the possibility came that we were coming to Brizzy Jewels was on realestate.com. As like, they are. Flat out. Yeah, yeah. So. Shout out to realestate.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still major, searching major for a sponsor, sponsor. but yeah. So just, Come on um, the podcast to get a free house. Email the boys. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was looking flat out at houses and 
um, she came across this one pretty early. Yeah. Um, then when I moved over, I went and looked at probably like 10, 12 houses in like two or three weeks because she wanted a house sort of before she moved over as, you as do. well. And she was three months after you got here? Was that when she moved in? Yeah, yeah. So she here? came in January. Yeah. Um, and I was here in November. So, yeah, it was about two or three months. Um, but, yeah, it only took Just about house, four man. weeks. Just Dope. The only thing it's missing is the basketball court, really. And we'll get to that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll you, did, you do the same thing. Play yeah. basketball. And no, it's court. a nice house. Jules has done well. She picked it. I went and looked at it. She came and looked at it and she was yeah. like, yeah. So That's she did one. all the hard work and you just came in and, and said yes? Is that? Yeah. Well, Where do I sign? I'm, pretty, I'm like that with everything. Like, Mate, you don't need to defend yourself to me. I, I, I'm no, I, no I'm just like, <laughs> in terms of like, Jules will be like, oh, do you like this couch? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So you're not like, you're really not an interior decorator type like. I'd be the worst interior designer. Yeah. Well, no. Well, you kind of need. You still tick it off. Like you're a foreman, really. Like yeah, I like that. Chuck it there. Yeah. Like if it was bad, yeah. you're not going to say it's good. Are yeah. You? Or no, you're kind of a yes man. You're a yes man husband. No, I would say if I didn't like it, but yeah. is it like it's hard to find a bad couch? I reckon. Unless yeah. Unless the patterns and stuff are disgusting. This is a stank ass like mustard color one from the seventies. <laughs> like they're, yeah, not, they're yeah. not great. Then I'll be like, well, maybe let's not get that. But yeah. So run me through it. You're in Brisbane. It's beautiful weather here. Like that's probably the first thing you noticed. Pre-season would have been shit house, surely, the hu- humidity in that. Yeah, it's pretty hot, but Perth's hot as well. But it's sunny hot. Like, it's you get burnt hot over there. It's not like, I can't yeah. breathe hot. Yeah, yeah. That's the dry heat, isn't it? It's humidity. It's dry, yeah. 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 Um, but I reckon, do you find, like, once you start running and training, like, you just, you get, just Yeah, you get accustomed anyway. to it. Like, I get used to it. So, you're going to, like, I think if it rains or not before, the heat comes out of the ground here. Yeah. And you can't, yeah. like, you honestly can't breathe. And obviously, you're in jumpers and stuff and that gets an extra couple of kilos on it so it feels like you're running out with a vest on your back yeah it does get solid but in terms of like it is it, it's it's i think it's different because i was in melbourne and in the melbourne summers like it, the sun's hot but it's not like you can still push through that yeah um did you find it was hard in pre-season obviously you had a really good pre-season and we talk about someone that you flew up on a private jet here too to help you train um greg williams we'll talk about that in a minute but how was it pre-season You've for done you? your homework i like this, this well i know my teammates it's the first thing someone will say about me when i finish nice. up you're like man you know robbo New his teammates. New his teammates. Absolutely. Uh, I forgot the question. Pre-season. You, how was it? Oh, pre-season. Yeah. I hadn't done one in like four years, so I was Damn. just stoked to be out there. I didn't miss a session, which is the first time. See, the one of, yeah, long, one long of blokes that I think it was only, um, what, 10 or so they did it, 100%. What was it? The rest yeah. is like 75. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't miss one session, which was awesome. I've had a few injuries in the past um, and a few surgeries post-season, especially mm. the last three or four years, so... Um, yeah, it's probably the first one I've done since leading into that 2016 season. Yeah, yeah. And then since then, I've missed like a massive chunk of preseason every year. So, um, yeah, I was just glad to be out there. A bit like Link, like he hadn't done one yeah, in that like basically seven years. That's what I was talking. I was saying before um, that uh, picking him, I thought like, oh, this might be a bit of a, a throwaway, you know, three year deal type thing because he's played like what 25 games in the six seven years. Yeah. I was like, geez, it's going to be a miracle to get him on for a full season. He has, like, paid in dividends. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's worked hard, but we've got a really good medical team here. But obviously, he's worked hard at it, and he's, like, I reckon he's played that, that good so far. Yeah, he's been great. Um, his body's hold, holding up well so far, so yeah. touch wood, it stays that way. And uh, obviously, you're playing some bloody good footy at the moment, like, no dance around the fact that I think you're Brownlow favourite. Oh, he's oh, the, be, the best player you in the... No, it. I said it. But, like, <laughs> the best player in the comp. Like, oh, that Cripper. Probably the best... I don't worry about him. The, 
Yeah, twelve positions on the we weekend. Don't, if they're not on the show, we yeah. we have oh, we don't we on, don't man. acknowledge them just. I yet. want you leaving this show like big head. Are you going to golf? <laughs> yeah. You're going to win golf today. Um, I need to win golf. Today. Yeah, you do need to win golf today because I've heard some um, bad truths about you. But yeah, obviously, um, you flew Greg Williams up. Can you run us through how that all went down and why you got him up here? Yeah, I suppose like just outsourcing, um, maybe like a little advantage over some Comp. other people and whatnot. But um, yeah. Met him a couple of years ago at the Brownlow, I think. Um, and then, yeah, last pre-season, um, I just threw up the idea to Fags, what he thought about doing that. And yeah, um, it was more just like to teach me a little bit more with my hands. And obviously he was one of the best, if not the best handballer the best. in the, the game. Um, and that's probably my strength as well. So um, I feel like we're... I wouldn't say similar players because he was an absolute star, but... Um, and he was pretty dirty. <laughs> Greg, but, you know this. Yeah, just like similar style. So um, I just thought it'd be nice to learn a couple of things off him, but mm. it's nothing too serious. It's pretty casual and, um, yeah, I've learned a fair bit from it though, which is which is good. He has a lot of good handball drills that I see you've brought up. Uh, you do with Zane Littlejohn yeah, after each, each training session I've he does... Him. Got him to help me out a bit. Yeah, so you've been doing it. I can see those extras because he was at the Blues when I was there for... I don't know, one or two years when he, he used to pop his head in and do the same drill. So I thought that's definitely a diesel drill. <laughs> but no, it obviously it's paid dividends because, you know, your, your handball efficiency is right up there and you've been, you love a handball. Like, let's be honest, it's, it's, I reckon it's your, the best attribute you've got and you hit a target pretty much every time. So the things with like hand players that like want to overdo handballs, they do it for a one, two type thing. Yeah. His handball gets players out. That's what. See, I'm making sure you leave with a big head. Like, he's really – we love it. We love his handballs. But well, we, we, that's what, yeah. Like a lot of people say, like, I don't kick enough and stuff, but it's, it's doing not more really my yeah. game. I feel yeah. like if I do – if I try and kick more, I'm just kicking for the sake of it. And yeah. It's not really What's advantageous natural. to our to our team. So Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like I can put guys in space sometimes, and um, that's what I bring to the team, I feel. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier, and, and Mitch, I know you'll be able to relate to this, but, you know, when you came to – to Brisbane was it almost like starting high school again because you've haven't just moved to a new footy club you moved to a new state um, yeah. there's a lot of new faces was it kind of reminiscent of almost starting high school again because you were you know in foreign territory for for, for, for a fair bit there yeah I'd say it's like getting drafted again um, rather than high school because when you when you get drafted especially interstate um, so I was South Australia over to WA same thing, don't know anyone, um, new footy team. Like high school, you still sort of got your mates, yeah. I reckon. Like the, yeah. some come with you, yeah. like a lot of new people. But um, yeah, it was like getting drafted again. And I suppose for the first few weeks, I was probably a bit quieter than usual, but I was more just sort of sussing the place out and um, seeing how everyone went about the day-to-day operations at the club and um, getting to know the players a little bit rather than coming in and like, do this, do that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, so... Um, but it was a weird feeling, like even just meeting 45 new teammates um, for the first time. Yeah. It's like still a bit daunting, even though I'm 25 years old, but yeah. um, everyone was very welcoming. And um, that's one of the things that I knew about the club before I even got there, that I'd fit in pretty well. And um, from all reports, uh, from Fags and Nobes, um, Greg Swan and that, who I'd caught up with a bit before coming to the club, they said that, playing group is really close-knit but they're very welcoming as well once new players come into the group and that was shown firsthand to me yeah no yeah. I don't, yeah when i got um my, my situation's a bit different obviously i had to leave tasmania when i got drafted so i was going to a new mm. 
new state regardless. But going going from um, the Melbourne bubble to here, I, I the thing you just touched on the end was the um, the family aspect that they have at, at the club. Like when I first got here, it was probably like seventy five percent was from interstate, so we knew the fact that um, we had to build a little family within a family and. Everyone was really welcoming when I first got here. Um, and that's something that we've built our culture around is that family aspect. And when Link, uh, not Link, when Lockie got here, first of all, like, I'm sure you would have like a multiple text messages from all the boys and coaches and staff and that they just were trying to make you feel welcome as possible. And then I was going to touch on like they have their golf days and they, you know, they've already got that little um, thing they can always talk about now. So um, the golf days on that, just because before we didn't touch on the golf days. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Run me through the golf days. Golf days, yeah. So we have today golf, day off, day off, because um, we have like a fixed day off, so it's always Wednesday. Yeah. Um, usually play Wednesday mornings, but today we're actually at it. Is it Kapara? Kapalaba, Kapalaba? Nah, it's like K E P Kapara or Kapara. Oh, mate, Shout out Kapara, Kapalaba, yeah. wherever you are. I'm the Gold Coast kid. Right? Yeah. So the K E P E R A. Kapara. Capera. Capera. We'll just say Capera. Yeah. Um, but usually out at Brizzy Golf Club, like every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and we have like a table of points. So Josh Walker, he's, uh, he loves this sort of stuff. And he's probably the but worst he golfer. But he gets FOMO to the maximum, Josh Walker. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he has to be involved in every. I feel like he has yeah. to be involved in everything. He's always involved in something. And he's he's one of the guys I can ask you, who's the guy with the, all the gear, the no idea. I'll say it's probably Walks or, or Hodgos. Right. But the oh, he's been putting in some like serious time. With he has lessons and stuff, and his handicaps come down. So, really, like, heaps. Yeah. So he's taking Whereas a bit walks. from his footy aspect of life, getting a bit better, smart recovery. Yeah. Now he's yeah. putting into the golf. Yeah. And yeah. walks is yeah. He's definitely he's got yeah. so many different like kits that he rocks up. I've got like three. Tops, Look good, feel so. good, still play shit. <laughs> That's walks's motto. Yeah. Hey, it's um, working. It's working, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, he sets up like a table of like, um, so every Wednesday we play and you get ranked on how you went. So it's like. First to tenth gets points. Anyone after that, no points. And we have like a FedEx table. Um, they get a jacket yeah. and everything. And there's the jacket, which Zorko mentioned to me. So the crew yeah. is Link, Hodge, Walker, Hugh, Barry, Zorko, Bundy, Richie, Charlie, Cameron, when he wants to come. I think there's a few I've probably missed out, but that's a crew and a half. Yeah, it's probably like Solid four or five day. others that sort of come and go a bit. Yeah. Like Bassey. Played, yeah. He's usually in my group. But Bassey's he one of the better players, like isn't he? Four weeks. Not anymore. Not anymore? No, he's in his In his heyday, life. when he first got here, he was like, everyone was like, wow, Bass is awesome. He played three holes the other day and then walked off. Oh, he's, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's not happy? No, he sucked up. Oh, he just, he like... Sprayed so him. So, you play Stableford, I won't explain it, but anyway, he was on zero points after three holes and he's like, I'm done. That's it. That's not it. Left. That's not it. Bassy, I know you listen all the time, that's not it. You've got to see yeah, it we don't, out there. We don't like that. You gotta see it out. Like that's the thing. That's why I don't play. I got to ship back for starters, but I lose interest that quick if I'm playing a couple of bad holes. And it's not a. It's a gentleman's game, but I don't want to do something on my day. I'm gonna get angry. I'm a, I'm a gentleman. <laughs> I don't want to get angry more than I'm already angry. You know, like so yeah. football, I get pretty angry with, and yeah. I want on my day off get even more angry. You're pretty calm. I'm a calm and collective then. bloke. Like I don't know if you see me on the field. I'm pretty. <laughs> you're I'm you're on. a quiet one. I'm yeah. switched on. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I had to talk about golf, but um, you were touching on, um, you know, you caught up with Fags, um, Swanee, Noble. Like, I, the question I'm going to throw, like, obviously I don't think money would have been a thing because, let's be honest, you would have got money regardless wherever you went. Um, your SA boy, is there something that, like, stood out for Brisbane that you thought, oh, fitting well with that team or, you know, all reports you said before that um, you had a good culture and stuff or were building towards that? Is there something that, like, kind of stood out for you 
choosing Brisbane as a destination? Yeah, I suppose like when I first heard from my manager that they were interested, I watched like the last few games and um, even on field, I reckon you could tell. And we played against Brizzy obviously last year and um, you smoked us over in oh, Perth. 55. Um, and it just felt like even from that game and then watching the last few, it just felt like even through the TV, you could tell that they were building towards something and um, caught up with a few of the players after the season when I came over, um, which was well documented. I came over to meet some of the guys at the club um, and some of the players I caught up with and um, they just spoke really genuinely about how um, tight-knit this group yeah. was. And um, last year, I think you had like such a high percentage for the position yeah, that I you think were in the ladder. Probably like 80, mid-80s and... Only won five games. Yeah. And did you catch up with um, Dane Beams when you came up here? No. Nah, no, nah, nah, so he wasn't part of that. Him, I, was, nah. I was wondering. I thought that could have been a, a headline <laughs> there. That could have been a headline. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see him. But, yeah, I just felt like um, the way I play as well, that I could really add to the group and it was a really good fit for me and, and for the footy club as well. Um, and obviously they thought that, otherwise they wouldn't have yeah. got me over here. So I sort of just felt like it was a really good fit. Um, playing wise as well, I felt my style could really complement the group. Yeah, absolutely, we, we won't um, we won't talk too much about Frio because obviously you've spoken about it for so many months now. But um, one thing I thought was really interesting because we we're talking off air was you found it really difficult at first to talk about your new club without it being seen as a shot against your old club. Yeah. So h- how difficult was that? Because I remember I saw it I when went back and had a look at that tweet and I know you sort of commented on it Mitch, I went to bat for him. Um, when when it when it came out but that that must have been really difficult I mean that must have been super difficult at the time yeah it is like and I reckon when you're at a new club there's a lot of um, like media outlets that want to speak to you and mm. do things like that and I think I said to Josie like the media girl I was like oh, I just I'm probably not going to do anything because everything I say is just getting twisted um, and which is disappointing because you can't really say the things that you want to say sometimes without feeling like they're going to turn it against you. And then you like see an article like that. That's they thought I was having a pot at Frio, and in particular, they didn't use names, but it was pretty clear that they were talking about Fifey. And yeah. um, we speak about being a selfless group all the time, and um, I sort of mentioned that word, and then it just got thrown back at me that. I was having a go at Fifey for... Um, being selfish, I guess. Being like selfish, yeah. And he's, he's certainly not that. Like, my time there, he was great in um, in my development as a midfielder and on field, he was he was awesome. So I'd never throw that sort of stuff out, especially, like, I'm not that sort of guy to mm. say bad things, even if I did think that. Like, I just would never do that because um, it's not in my nature, but I can honestly sit here and say that Nathan Fife is not a selfish player. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing because then you're like, well, I'm not going to do anything. You're because, not going to do more interviews yeah. and stuff because, it's, so, yeah. and then you get attacked on social media as well. Like people are like, oh, especially you, yeah. you dog, like yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, well, I haven't even I'm said anything, do yeah. anything anymore. Yeah. So that fair. that was so that was really difficult. You know, like you felt like you couldn't say too much, if anything, you know, in any interview in a way that it might get somehow twisted. taken out of context or yeah. twisted against you. Yeah, no, that's how I felt. Yeah, so I didn't do. Well, I probably still haven't really done that much um, media because partly because of that reason. But the value of this is just going up by the second now. This is fantastic. Through podcast shares, the Riff podcast. This, <laughs> this is just jumping up further and further now. This is fantastic. No, yeah. it's, it's the thing that I've obviously struggled with my career. Um, obviously, I'm not on the level, same level as Lockie in terms of um, you know well known to stardom in the game, but 
even my like little short time in doing podcasts and looking at the media outlets and getting a bit of homework done. That's the thing. That's why I've kind of started this podcast is because I can control the narrative and I understand what like, the questions I want you to say. I want you to. I don't want him to go out and say something that he doesn't want to say. And when you're when you're getting interviewed, obviously in the media, like by a media manager, we have um, we probably get a sheet of paper, some things we should talk about. And if we get asked any sketchy questions, we kind of refer back to that. Yeah, that answer you that we have. Go, like the cliches. Yeah, the cliches. Like, though, and then the fans and the media are like, what? They just roll yeah. out the same lines, and it's like, well, it's. Of it's because like of that. what happens, yeah. yeah. So even yeah. like with the with Damo Barrett smashing Hodgie for doing the the media during the game, like that's another step backwards. But every time every time we see an article that they twist it into saying that it's not what we actually were talking about, it just takes us back in terms of like being more honest in interviews. So that's why I, you see a lot of podcasts these days because everyone can control that and yeah. you know from here I can edit it and then I can send it to the club and they they tick it off and it goes through there. So people feel a lot more comfortable in that environment. So yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying with, with that one especially. Um, that's how <coughs> that's one of our trademarks. So when I, when he was talking, I knew what he was talking about, but it, well, that wasn't a headline. For them. Yeah. It's a big reason why myself and Gary Ablett started Exclusive Insight was yeah. because we just felt like there were so many AFL and NRL players and Olympic athletes that just didn't feel like they could go to a safe place to, to share their own voice. And mm. it brings us to a topic that we talk about all the time is um, this notion that the trust between players and the media is starting to, um, I suppose, we, we've seen it more this year than, than maybe previous years. And you, you mentioned... Hodgie and, and Damien Barrett and there's a f- couple of other examples in, in recent times like how do you see the relationship as a whole between um, players around the league and the media like do you, obviously you see the value and the importance but yeah. um, do you think the trust is is starting to to wear thin or, or are players just becoming more vocal about wanting to raise issues or topics that they're passionate about like wh- how do you sort of see it? Yeah I think it's it's an interesting one like it's probably going a bit of like both ways I think Players are starting to call out a bit more of that sort of stuff, like the, excuse my language, but the bullshit. They're starting yeah, to call yeah. it out a little bit more, which is great. You probably wouldn't have got that five years ago. I can't yeah. really remember. Like even Danger on Cane Corns yeah, the other day. Yeah. like Just stuff like that I don't think you would have got five years ago. So um, I think, as you said, the media is like so important. And I love, like I could see myself doing media stuff post-footy as well. Like I love it. Spoke um, really well on the was it what what no, oh game day, no, game, game day game day yeah, yeah spoke really that. well on game yeah. day you're actually a host on that so you do yeah that. like I, oh yeah I, I saw enjoy, that yeah. I enjoy that sort of stuff and that side of the game so there's so much value that um, could be gotten out of it um, yeah. and I think it's important that journalists and everyone tries to just get that value because like podcasts you can get a lot from players if you yeah speak to them up. the right way and like even with the that one with me um if that journalist had called me and just said oh mate with those comments were you like referring back to Fremantle or um anything like that and I could clarify my comments and then he could write a story from my point of view rather than just judging off like a couple of sentences that he's heard and he's like oh maybe he's talking about Frio why not just pick up the phone because they can all do that yeah yeah Yeah. they all have they can call Josie and uh, call the club journalists text me all the time like they can get my number yeah it's not that hard so yeah, it's just if they can be more willing to like do those sorts of things, then I think players will open up to them a lot more. And I guess I was going to ask you, is, do you see a difference um, in the WA media compared to here? Like, because we only have like three, so I think like we we're all on face value with them. I was talking about before, like we know yeah. who our journos are. You got like Greg Davis, you got Michael Whiting, you got um, Andrew, Andrew Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, that's pretty much the three key guys. Do you do you have that in WA? Because obviously I've I've got no idea. Either. Um, 
There is to a certain degree, like there's so many more though, um, but I know quite a few of them and get along mm. really well with, with a lot of the um, Perth media um, as well. But um, And it's the ones that invest time into you as well and yeah. um, sort of don't twist your words that you're yeah. going to spend give more, more time, time with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we had when Andy Brayshaw, um, he was living with us, with Jules and I when he got hit. Oh, bullshit. Um, Did not know that. Know that. Yeah. yeah. So your homework, like, Sean. We had the media yeah, like camped bad. out the front of our house for like three or four days, which was crazy. So every time we left, there was like cameras wow. and no obviously waiting for Andy. But um, there's a couple of times where there's a couple that I knew and I just sent him a text and be yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, get, get stop door stopping me. Um, That's crazy. I didn't know that. So like that would have been parked out. Yeah, for a, for a, yeah, that was the yeah, biggest story in WA all last year outside of the grand man. final. That was like yeah. national news. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty big. Um, but just little things like that, like no one wants to be. Like, you don't want cameras camped out of the front. Yeah, of the yeah, house. yeah. Because then even like the streets, like what's going on? Yeah, here? yeah. And then they said, "Oh, who lives there?" Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, because I, I think there's obviously the, the good journos are like really diligent and stuff. And there's because I think it's so saturated with how many journos there are and how many accredited um, reporters there are. Thousands now. It's it's always going to be who's who's first, not who's right at the start. Like, yeah. you've got to get in first type thing. And especially with Twitter and stuff. Especially with Twitter and social media. You, like, all you got to do is put a tweet out there and it's, it can get legs. Obviously, I'm going to ask you because you're a Golden State fan and a little misconception can happen these days when you're, when you're following a powerhouse team in a competition. How long have you been following Golden State for? Um, so, I'll tell you the story. Here so we go, okay. It was, uh, I was at boarding school in Adelaide. And I was in a room not too dissimilar to this, watching... It's um, a dope room in a boarding house. Yeah, very. it yeah. must have been a very nice boarding house. They had a podcast room? No, very it nice. A, it was a podcast <laughs> room, but this is nice carpeted, nice lounges, you know, big screen. Yeah, love uh, And ESPN was on. Yeah. College basketball. And I always like loved basketball, but didn't have a team. Yeah. And I was watching um, uh, Davidson. I can't remember who they were playing, but obviously Steph Curry's yeah, yeah. college. Um, and he was just... Dominating, Balling dropping out. threes, out. Um, and I just sort of thought, all right, wherever he gets drafted, because I could hear the commentary, and they were like, he's gonna, he'll go in this year's draft, yeah, yeah. Know where, yeah, um, lacks size, lacks athleticism, but he'll get drafted. Yeah, so I was like, all right, wherever he goes, that's who I'm gonna go for. He's got a good story though, doesn't he? Um, yeah, awesome mm. story, and went pick seven to Golden State, and then that's what I went that's for. That's your team. And, um, well, so how long ago is that now? That would have been 2009. Oh, yeah, ten years. Oh, ago. Ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, gee. We were so we were shocking, like, and How everyone long? used to pay me out for going for him. Um, oh, I've yeah. got a photo on my phone. He does have, he has proof. He does I'll have show proof. The, boys, yeah. like, the, the first thing I asked him, 11, I think, yeah, is Steph Curry, like his OG jersey, yeah. his first one, yeah. Um, so yeah, I pulled that out. Hodgie was trying to give me crap yesterday, and I pulled it out. <laughs> I was like, Hodgie, come on, mate. You don't, he acts like he knows basketball, yeah. doesn't he? Oh, I can't stand him sometimes. Oh, uh, <laughs> when, when he talks about basketball, it's like, mate. Oh, really? Yeah. But That's it? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to meet Steph. Yeah, uh, shout out MK, to Aaron MKB. Ford from Hype Tours. Who, yeah, so, yeah, another sponsor of the show. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, Sponsoring me, hopefully. I don't know about yeah. you both, but I've been If I've they want to shout me a free trip over to America to watch a couple of games, I'm not going to say no, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, you've, you've been on a few tours and America? Did you go with a few Freo boys or was it like a mixed just AFL group that went over there? Yeah, well, I think it was the first one and he'd sort of um, put it out to the AFL, but there was a few of us Freo boys that were like, all right, that sounds pretty yeah. cool. So um, I think there's about seven or eight of us. Yeah. And we went over and, and did that tour um, with Aaron. So that was like awesome experience. Um, we went to about 
eight or nine games, I reckon. And uh. um, yeah, it was we got to meet not only like Steph and KD, but KD was at um, OKC. That was his last year there. Okay. Um, but we had like a really long lunch with Jeremy Lin and Cody Zeller. So just like there's some different guys that you wouldn't yeah. really think about too much. Jeremy Lin's obviously pretty big He's name. A for, Raptors as well. Yeah, um, and he would have been balling at that stage. Was he at um? Would he been New York? He was at Charlotte then. Oh, okay, so yeah. it was after he's Lin yeah. Stanley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Um, but he had that documentary and stuff. Like he was. Oh, mate, it was wicked. Big name, yeah, wicked. He was like number one je- like Jersey sale. Was it yeah. Jersey? Yeah, Jersey sale. Yeah. Like for like a couple of years straight. Yeah. yeah. Right up there anyway. Yeah, and we met like Kyle Corver. Yeah. Um, Three point specialist. Went through the Lakers facility. Um, just did all these um pretty cool things that obviously we don't experience here because. Can't. Did you get any yeah. of that footage? You know, like you see in the off season, like some players like handballing with a with a basketball player. Did yeah, you have any of those? Inserts, so that was, I think that was you, wasn't it? Yeah. You the hallway handballing or kicking with someone. Oh, he's showing Steph. 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 Yeah. yeah, showing Steph. I remember I saw the vision. Well, I'm gonna yeah. put that on yeah. the YouTube. I'm gonna put that. Go to my YouTube channel. It's gonna be on there. You see that shit. Yeah, sure. I remember seeing that. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah. And we met like his wife. It was like lovely as well. Aisha. Like, yeah, it was. It was Chad awesome. Aisha. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't miss an episode. <laughs> I haven't seen you for ages, bub. Um, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Emma. Um, yeah, so you got to meet KD. Yeah, got a couple of stories about KD. Like, um, yeah. so are they are they as glamorous as they look? Um, some was some was telling me who was it? Um, Anthony, our media manager, he worked in the NBA mm. for. A, I don't know if you oh, spoke yeah. to him. He worked in the NBA yeah. for a year a bit, mm. um, and he reckons like just the the lifestyle is just glamorous. Like, rock up in amazing SUVs. Yeah, and yeah. Just, I don't want to say girls packed because it's probably I don't want to say that but they had girls <laughs> he reckons they had girls yeah. coming out left right and center like is that is that what you see like yeah pretty much like we stayed in hotels like so a couple of the hotels were the team hotels as well oh you're, enough, like you're being just, a nuffy they were just baller like awesome <sighs> hotels um but yeah we landed in like oklahoma went to the hotel um and there was a guy who's the chaplain of the um american men's basketball team and he was just sort of the hookup, so he knew like yeah. a lot of the players because, um, as you probably know, they're all really religious. Like a yeah, lot of them yeah. are religious, and um, so he has quite a bit to do with a lot of the big dogs. Yeah. Um, so he landed in Oklahoma, went to the hotel, and then he's like, "Oh, Kevin's going to come around and say good day." Kevin. Yeah. So, KD rolls up in this SUV. Like yeah, big, those black one, like that. Yeah. Like, tinted. Yeah, couldn't even see in the car. Illegal, but cool as yeah. hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying and to get out of my car and it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm getting pulled over <laughs> yeah. straight away. KD just jumped out, came and spoke to us for about probably half an hour. His um, half an hour would yeah. cost a lot. Yeah. yeah, and then the chaplain was just like, oh, thanks, Kev. And he chucked him the keys. So, so he's throwing the keys to the chaplain. Yeah, so the chaplain's just got KD's car. Um, and then I think he dropped KD back to his house because he, he has like nine cars or something. So he's like, yeah, you can just take this one. So the chaplain was just driving around in KD's car for the weekend. It, it's real, isn't it? It's um, it, it's it's funny you say that with the half hour. Tom Mitchell said it was the greatest half hour of his life when he had a chance to, to meet KD and just talk about um, how he approaches the game. And, and one thing that I remember he said to me was um, – it was what Katie said on how he manages basketball in terms of when he gets home, he switches off. Like he doesn't watch much basketball. He doesn't watch um, or listen to the commentary. Um, did he say something similar to that when, when you guys, I suppose, had the chance to meet? Because I, I think from what you said before that, um, 
you know, there was a lot of lessons that he passed on, you know, just yeah. from his own experiences. So what were some of the things that, that you took away from that? Yeah, it was a lot about that, like the balance, which we speak about a fair bit. Um, Cause clearly you can get consumed in the game a fair bit, but um, just even like for him, he had pretty high raps on him at a young age and um, just how he managed those expectations. Whereas I was probably the opposite. Like what draft pick were you? 58. So I'm better than him. What yeah, were pick you? 40 to start on that. Pick 40. And so was Steph. Steph was like with his dad as yep. well. Like just his whole life was yeah. kind of basketball and when he was young and he's brought out this um, Facebook series as well, but he spoke about it a few years ago that he was like so consumed and like just, he was like, I'm going to make it to the league. And when he was younger, he'd like cry if he had a bad game and like mm. just sort of got to him and stuff. Um, and then his parents basically said to him, like, mate, you don't have to play. We didn't yeah. say mate because I don't say that in America. But <laughs> Hey, look, <laughs> hey, look, mate, all the way from Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you guys are Aussies. That's cool, man. But they basically said it doesn't have yeah. to be basketball. Like, it's just a game. And he sort of learned a fair bit from that on how to just balance that. And, like, there's more things in life than, than just sports. So, yep. is that, um, Do you have your, like, when you finish a game, do you switch off? Like, are you a footy head or what, has that changed for you in the past? Yeah, or? like... I'm more like before we play, I'll watch a bit of footy. Yeah. And then after we play, I'm a bit like burnt out. Just but switch off. If it's a good game, I'll, I'll turn it on. I watch a, I watch a bit of footy, but in terms of our game, I switch off from yeah, yeah. ours. Like I won't really, um, same thing, listen to the commentary on like how I played or how the team played. And yeah, yeah. Because I think, yeah, you can get, because you know if you have a pretty average game. You don't want to really. You don't want, you don't <laughs> want to read everyone saying, geez, he was average tonight. Like Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at, finding that balance because I do I love footy and yeah. um, probably want to stay in it post post footy as well post, post career. my career so um, yeah I feel like I, I love the game but I've got a pretty good balance it, um, it probably brings us to the point, as you mentioned, the external noise. I mean, personally for yourself, I mean, we laughed about it before, but you are having a really good year and, um, you know, a lot's been made around um, just the growth that you've continued to have. Like, how do you, how do you one, block it out, as you, as you said, but then two, also don't let it feed you so that you can concentrate and just stay locked in because um, it would be hard, man. Like, you've got a lot of external noise. And as you just said, Mitch, I mean, there's so many accredited journos in the game now that are covering the sport, so it, it probably amplifies that even more. So how do you how do you make sure you get that balance right? Yeah, I suppose in the past I've sort of had Nath taking all the, yeah. all the accolades mm. and stuff, and so that's been, like, easy for me to, like, in Perth, I was sort of didn't get mentioned as much, but... Um, as you said, like every interview or something I do now, they sort of say, oh, Brownlow medal favourite and yeah. stuff. But I find that pretty amusing. Like we're nine rounds in, so it's like a long way so to go. So much can happen. Eh? Yeah, so much can happen. But I'll just look around the league and there's so many like gun players that it's for me it just doesn't even come into my head that I'm a chance because there's like some absolute stars of our game and I'm like I'm not in that echelon. So um, I feel like I'm pretty grounded anyway. Like I know what my role is for the team. Um, and if I perform that but I don't get best on then I don't care at all like I just want to win yep um, so for me it's I hear it but I don't listen if that makes sense so um, yeah I think my parents as well raised me pretty well to not let that stuff affect me and um, I, I reckon you see it especially in sports like um, basketball and NFL and stuff guys that are affected by it and they just become yeah pretty average people so yeah um, and I think that's one great thing about our game. You don't get too many like massive egos that it's all about them and you get found out pretty quick in a footy club if you like that. 
<laughs> yeah, obviously he's going to get pumped up in the media, but he kind of explained it then that he's going to play his role regardless. And that's the that's probably the best thing that we've got in our team is if you try and tag Lockie or if you try and tag Lockie, you're going to have Zorko pop up who's in great form. You've got Jared Lyons who's playing his role as well. Hugh McCluggage, Jared Berry, like a midfield we speak about it all the times having depth, and that's the, something that I think we've really got in our team. So yep. it's always a plus, and I'm, I'm under no illusions this week. It might be a heated game, but um, we've got players that can play that um, role in a ball-winning ability in Zorko and et cetera. So looking forward to it. What time is it? 10 past nine. That's been a great 50-minute chat. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Lockie Neal for giving his time up. Um, exclusive, exclusive interview. 100%. And as, as he touched on before, hasn't done anything this year. Hasn't done anything. Forget game day. That doesn't count. Even game day, national TV game program. Who watches game day? I was on the Sunday yeah. footy show, so they're watching that, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I really appreciate you coming on, man. That's It's a big thing for us to have our first guest and, it's, and a legend of the game as well. I've got a ball for you to sign. I'm going to try and do that little thing and chuck on the ball there. You're like, yeah. guess a sign of footy. Yeah, oh, good nice. work. Good yeah. work. I'm learning about this for the first it's time. Nice That's touch. fantastic. That's just something different, huh? Are yeah. you flying up early to Frio or? Nah. Nah, you come nah. with the boys. Come with the boys. Come with the boys. It's That's a double long checking. Trip, so I've just got to go by myself. Like. Maybe not. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But um, no, nah, thanks, guys, man. Appreciate it. Good luck with the golf today. Anytime. Thank what do you. What do you shoot, by the way? Uh, as in. Handicap. Handicap. 12. <laughs> You yeah. wouldn't even know what that is. I'm um, just going to nod my head and say that's very impressive. Well, it's pass, so it's probably like top to. five. Maybe just. Oh, it's scraping in. Like Richie's pretty low. Richie, yeah. JL. JL's off like. Richie's got an extra club in his bag, though. He's got a foot wedge. Oh, stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's he's probably the next Akamanis. Like post footy, <laughs> he might be getting banned a few. <laughs> just throw him out there, Richie. Uh, I'll see if he finishes footy. Brizzy Golf Club. Brizzy Golf Club. No, 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 sorry, man. We can't keep letting you do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you do a fair bit for us, but no. Um, obviously, he's a big listener of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> shout out just Dan. Shout out Dan. Like. Shout out Dan Rich and Brisbane Golf Club. <laughs> no, thanks for appreciate that. Hopefully, go well today. Um, this is Rip Through a Podcast, People's Podcast, exclusive insight, Sean Tobin. 100%. Brownlow medalist. <laughs> 2019 Brownlow medalist. You heard yeah, it here first. first. <laughs> You're an idiot. Thanks, guys. Uh, no, Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. See you, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for having me.